This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. How are y'all doing this morning? Woo! A couple of y'all are doing well, man. Hey, my name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here at Coastal. We're so glad that you decided to join us this Easter. Let me just go ahead and say, Happy Easter, y'all. You got... Happy Easter, that's what you say back, right? Happy, 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 you know, get some Doug Dynasty in here. You got to do that stuff. Uh, just made Jesus famous right there. Doug Dynasty and Jesus going together. You know, happy Easter. It's a, it's, a, it's a popular phrase. It's what most of you guys, as we walked in this morning, you greeted somebody with. You said, hey, happy Easter. We're glad that you're here. And, and let me just tell you, for a lot of people, Easter is a happy time. It's a, it's a great time. It's one of the best times of the world because they've got something to be happy about that's greater than just this lifetime. But for a lot of people, I believe that we walk into Easter and we hear happy Easter and we hear, hey man, what's up, how you doing? And, and all these smiles and all this stuff going on. And for a lot of people, Easter is not all that happy. It's not all that great. It's not all this wonderful. It's not all about bunnies and, and uh, eggs and Cadbury eggs and all that other stuff, those chocolate things that you got this morning, the Reese's peanut butter cups that you found in your Easter egg bag, which, thank you, Jesus, those are from heaven. If you're, if you're an atheist, I mean, that right there should tell you that Jesus is alive because he gave you that. God is the creator of the universe. But for a lot of us, we come into life and we come into Easter and it's not that great of a time. It's not all that happy. And Jesus talked about this very thing in John 16, He said, in this world, you will have trouble. And a lot of us, we're experiencing some trouble this Easter. We're experiencing some things that maybe life has not gone exactly how we thought it would go. Maybe we've encountered some dilemmas that we never thought that we would encounter in life. And today we're facing some adversity in life. We're facing some trouble. And I don't know about you, but trouble is the great leveler of the human race. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what age you are, what race you are, what, what spiritual delineation you pick. Whether, whether you're young or whether you're old, trouble finds us all. And trouble is a, is a difficult thing. I mean, it's something that we all encounter. In fact, I, I found this story of a guy who is, who is facing some trouble in life. And maybe your days and maybe some of the things that are going on in your life, um, you can relate to this guy. You can relate to his story. And this is how his story goes. And it's reporting an accident that he was trying to do while he was being helpful and trying to do his job. A lot of us are going through life. And we're trying to be helpful. We're trying to accomplish what we think we're supposed to accomplish. And this is what this guy said. He said, when I got to the building, I found that a hurricane had knocked some bricks from around the top of the building. And so I rigged up a beam with a pulley at the top of the building. And I, and I hoisted up a couple of barrels full of bricks. When I'd fixed the damaged area, there were a lot of bricks left over. Then I went to the bottom of the building and began releasing the line. Unfortunately, the barrel of bricks was much heavier than I was. And before I knew what was happening, the barrel started coming down, jerking me up. He said, I decided to hang on since I was too far off the ground by then when I recognized this to jump. And halfway up, I met the barrel of bricks coming down rather fast. I received a hard blow on my shoulder. I then continued to the top, banging my head against the beam. 
and getting my fingers pinched and jammed in the pulley. How many of y'all know that's like a bad day right there? I mean, it doesn't really get too bad. It doesn't get much worse than that, but for him, it got a little bit worse. And so it says, when the barrel hit the ground hard, it burst its bottom, allowing the bricks to spill out. He said, I was now heavier than the barrel. So I started down again at a high speed, and halfway down, I met the barrel coming up fast and received severe injuries to my shins. When I hit the ground, I landed on a pile of spilled bricks, getting painful cuts and deep bruises. And at this point, I must have lost all presence of mind because I let go of my grip on the line. The barrel that came down fast, giving me another blow in the head, putting me in the hospital. I respectfully request sick leave. Now, I understand maybe some of us, our days are not anywhere as extreme or anywhere near as bad as his days. But a lot of us, we've been experiencing some bad days. We've been experiencing some things in our lives that we never really planned for life to go that way. I mean, we set out just like this guy did to get up there, to fix some things, to accomplish some things in life, to have this ultimate life where we would accomplish and we would build and we would construct. And at the end of the day, we'd be able to sit back and go and look at it and say, man, it's good. But in the midst of building all of that in our lives, man, we hit a barrel of bricks. We hit, we hit the ground. Maybe we got stuck in the pulley. Maybe we, something has hit us in the shins. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves in this place where, man, we're experiencing hardship and loss, tragedy and pain. And we're experiencing all these things. And when it comes our way, the response that you and I have is, is usually pr pretty predictable. I mean, for a lot of us, what happens is when that happens, we go into shock. We go into this utter disbelief. I cannot believe this is happening to me. I mean, I read about this on the newspaper, and I, I listen to this on the TV, and I hear all about this stuff, but I never thought my life would look like this. I never thought it would come out this way. And shock leads us to this place of blame where we say, man, this is not fair. Why me? Why didn't this happen to the other joker that was working on the job site? You know, why didn't this happen to that person? Why didn't they get stuck in this situation? And we start to look for targets, and we, we blame, it must be that boss. It's got to be her, our spouse. Man, it's got to be our parents. But if it's not their thoughts, then it must be the government's fault. I mean, they're easy to blame. And if it's not, if it's not Obama's fault, then, des then definitely it's got to be God's fault. Because he's the easiest target of them all. And and we're going through shock, and we blame others, and eventually that leads us to withdrawal, where we, we go to these, these dark, lonely places, and we start to isolate ourselves. And it leads us to this place of self-pity, where we're, woe is me, and we, and we want to get away from everybody else. And, and when we get away from everybody else, we start reflecting on what's happening. And a lot of times that withdrawal leads us to this point of anger, where we get mad at other people. And because we're mad at other people for our situation, we start hurting people because we're hurt. And we say and we do things that we, we would have never, ever thought about doing. But because we're hurting, we want other people to experience the pain that we're feeling in this moment. And eventually that, that leads us to shame where all this junk just catches up to us. Where it all just catches up and we realize, man, what am I doing? I mean, this, this isn't helping at all, and, and we've hurt others, and it might be emotionally, it might be physically, it might be, uh, it might be uh, uh, just through some actions that we took. And eventually we find ourselves in this deep pit of toxic shame. And sometimes that shame will take us to a place of depression, despair, and just utter defeat where we just say, why go on? Why go on? And I don't know if you know this or not, but depression is running rampant in America today. 
They say something like 18.8 million Americans age 18 or older are suffering from depression today. And, uh, and the single most prescribed drug today is an antidepressant. And the, and the statistics only show that it's, it's only getting worse and worse and worse. And they're saying by uh, 2020 that the second largest killer in America will be depression. And it's not just affecting you and I. In fact, they, the, the, the place that pharmaceutical companies are targeting now with depression drugs, you want to know who it is? It's not adults, it's your kids. It's kindergartners. And you know what that tells me? That it's not just affecting us, but it's having a profound impact on our kids and the next generation. And some of you guys in here are listening to this and you're saying, you know what, this, this, doesn't, really, this doesn't really apply to me. This doesn't really affect my life. But some of you right now, man, I'm talking directly to you because this is where you are in life. You're going through some difficult times right now. You're going through some, some frustrating moments. Your life has not turned out exactly how you thought it would be. And, and, and you've been in this state of despair and defeat for some time. And you've forgotten what it's like to be above the line of despair. And if you're like me, I, I, if, if you, you don't know what that's like, I mean, when you don't know what it's like to be above the line of despair, life seems pretty hopeless in those moments. And, and what do you do in those moments? What do you do at that time where you feel like, what am I supposed to do from here? How am I supposed to go on from this place? What do you, what do you have to do? Are you just going to give in to the encroaching darkness and just, just dump, jump off and just say sayonara? Is that what you're going to do when you get to this state in life? Or are you going to throw yourself into a, a, a few more drinks or a few more relationships and hope that, hope that that solves your issues in life? Or are you going to find yourself putting yourself into a relational frenzy or a spending frenzy or an emotional frenzy? Trying to solve the void that's within your life because life has not turned out exactly how you thought it would be. And you can, you, can, you can grit your teeth and you can plunge ahead and just say, man, I'm just going to press on and I'm going to go through. And we can try to do that. But my question for you is, what do you do when trouble comes your way? What do you do when you're on the edge of utter defeat in your life? And in that verse it says, in this world you will know adversity. In this world you will know trouble. But it says, but take courage. I have overcome the world. This is Jesus talking. He's saying something very and vastly important to me to, and to you. He's saying, listen, you don't have to cave in. You don't have to give up. You don't have to dive off into the abyss of defeat. You don't have to do that. There is another way to live, and it's greater than what you could ever see and what you could ever imagine. And what Easter is all about is it's about the fact that we don't have to give in to the encroaching darkness. We don't have to allow ourselves to go further and deeper into that abyss of defeat. But we can find a way to overcome because Jesus is overcoming. You know what he says to us? You can too. And for some of us today, that is a message that you and I need to hear. That is a thing that we need to hear because Jesus wants to come in and do something radical in your life today. He's, he came and he died and he rose again so that you could have life and more abundantly, not so that you can live on the edge of utter defeat. And today I believe that Jesus, just speaking through this verse, really conveys some things that he wants to do in your life. And the reason he came the reason Jesus came, he says, in this world you will have trouble, but take courage. I have overcome the world. I love that word but because that's a, that's a place where God just really speaks. And I love the buts in life. And what Jesus is trying to tell us is Jesus wants to change our course in life. Jesus came to change your course and he came to change mine. See, a lot of us have found ourselves going in some directions in life that we never intended to really go. We're going down some paths that we never thought 
that we would be heading down and we're wondering, why in the world am I here? And, and we're heading in the wrong direction and we're not getting to the, the outcome that we've wanted to be at. And Jesus came to earth and died on the cross and rose again so that he could change the direction of your life and for mine. And a lot of us, we've been dealing with some difficulties, and Jesus is talking to our situation. God is talking to our situation. That's why he saw us in Psalms 40, 17. As for me, I am poor and needy. This is David talking. He said, man, I'm, I'm broken. He's in this desperate place. He says, but. He says, but. He says, but the Lord takes thought for me. Let me just tell you something today. God has been thinking about you. When Jesus went to the cross, you know what he was thinking about? He was thinking about you. He was thinking about your situation. He was thinking about your dilemma. He was thinking about your problem. And he was saying, you know what, but, but no matter what you're facing here today, Jesus wants to speak to your situation. Jesus wants to deal with where you are in life. And he has got a but for your situation. And you might say, but TJ, you don't understand what kind of trouble I'm facing. And I would say, but. You don't understand that my marriage is all a mess and all those things. And God would say to you, but. You don't understand how much my finances are jacked up and there's more month than there is money. And, and Jesus would say to you, but I've got a different way. Some of y'all would say, but you don't understand, I'm 35 and I'm single still and that's trouble in life. And, and Jesus would say, but. And I want to tell you here today that Jesus is trying to put some buts in your life. Especially if you're single. I don't, I don't know where that came from, but. Just makes me want to do a Beyonce, but it, I'll save that for another day. You'll have to come back next week for that. So, Man, God has got a butt for your life, and that butt is going to change the direction of your life. Because for a lot of us, we're facing trouble. But, but, and God is saying to you, you know what? Uh, a lot of us, we're trying to make all of this work on our own. We're trying, to, we're trying to earn our way to heaven. We're trying to figure out how do we make our way there. And a lot of us, we're, we're trying to do all these things ourselves. We're trying to do these things. We're trying to get ourselves there. And that isn't how we're supposed to do it. A lot of us think that, man, I'll go to God when I get everything figured out, and then God can intervene in my situation. And a lot of us think, man, if I just work harder, if I do more stuff, if I accomplish more things, then finally God will accept me. And that's not how God works. God says, I don't want you to, to figure it all out. I want you to come to me. I want to go in the midst of your situation. I don't want to wait for you to get it all figured out because if I wait for that, you'll never figure it out. Because I'm your solution. I'm your, I'm your all in all. I'm your everything. And you're not going to find it in and of yourself. You're going to find it only in and of, of me. And today, for some of you guys, you've been holding out thinking, man, when I get it all together, then I can go to God. And God is here today saying, come to me right now. Just bring all that you have, bring all that you're dealing with, and let my butt get in the middle of it. Titus 3, 3 through 7 says, It wasn't so long ago that we ourselves were stupid and stubborn, dupes of sin, ordered every which way by our glands, going around with a chip on our shoulder, hated and hating back. But when God, but when God, let me just tell you, but when God comes into your life, Everything in that moment changes. It says, but when God, our kind and loving Savior, stepped in. And let me just tell you something. God wants to step into your situation today. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter where you've been. God wants to step into the middle of your junk, your jacked up, messed up, screwed up life, your broken life, your hurting life. He wants to step in the middle of it. And this is what it says. It says, it was all his doing we had nothing to it to do with it, but he gave us a good bath, and we came out of it new people. Washed us inside and out by the Holy Spirit. Our Savior Jesus poured out a new life, 
so generously, God's gift has been restored. Our relationship with him given us back our lives. There is more life to come. An eternal, an eternity of life. You can count on this. See, for a lot of us, and this is what I do know, is that all of us have sinned. At least I'm pretty sure anybody in here perfect, I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm not one person. Okay, there's one person. No, oh, okay. So you just screwed up right there, right? So you, I just want to make sure there's nobody that's in here that's dealing with, like you came to church today and you're like, I'm dealing with a perfection complex. Like I do everything right. I never mess up. Like I am above God. In fact, I might even be God. Um, like none of us are here are dealing with that, right? No, I didn't think so. No, we've all sinned. And see, a lot of us think sin makes us bad. But let me just tell you something. Sin doesn't make you bad. It makes you dead. It makes you dead to God. See, but the cross and the grave, Jesus came to make us alive in him. And today, God isn't here to condemn you of your past, but he's here to give you a future. And he's doing that by trying to change the course and the direction of your life. That's why he puts buts in our life. He said, man, in this world, you will have trouble. Man, you're going to have adversity. You're going to have difficulty. But, but I. Let me just tell you today, God is trying to come into your life. He's trying to come in and put a butt in your life to change your course. And when he does, man, what he's going to do is Jesus came then to give us courage. A lot of us are dealing with some difficult circumstances right now. We're dealing with some difficult things that we don't even really know how and understand what we're even supposed to do next. And a lot of us need to make some decisions, and we don't have a clue where we're supposed to go with that decision. And I know that, you know, there's difficult times. And, and you know what? When we're facing those difficult decisions, you know what we need more than anything else? We need courage to take some difficult steps. And I know that you think, oh, man, that guy's just a, a preacher. All he does is sit around and read his Bible all day. And he doesn't really deal with anything significant in life. And so he wouldn't have any clue about my life. He wouldn't understand the situation that I'm dealing with. He wouldn't understand the problems that I'm dealing with. Let me just tell you what. My life has been jacked up, messed up. I've been through a lot of things. In fact, a little over 11 years ago, I'll tell you some of the things that have happened in my life. A little over 11 years ago, my wife and I had been married for two years. And uh, her next youngest sister, her name is Shannon. Uh, had gotten engaged, and it was coming up for her wedding date, and on that wedding date, uh, the week before, her dad had a stroke, and uh, you know, that's every girl's nightmare, is that your dad has a stroke, like, the week before your wedding, and uh, he's he's sitting in a hospital, like, half of his body is paralyzed, and uh, there, Shayla and Shannon and all of her sisters are out on a, you know, a bachelorette party, and I'm sitting at the hospital with her her dad, whose name is Paul, and, uh, you know, I'm just sitting there saying, do I call them? Do I let them know that their dad is sitting here doing, you know, doing horrible? Or do I let them have a good time? And I decided not to call them. It's probably the worst decision I ever made. And, uh, and but all this stuff is happening. Later on that week, he miraculously is able to walk with a walker, his, uh, his daughter down the aisle. And so we show up to the wedding on that Saturday. And, uh, and Shannon, it was, it was held at their grandparents' house, and they were at this upstairs apartment getting ready, Shannon and all of her sisters, and Shayla's in there helping out, and, and I'm downstairs just directing people and different things, and there's about 200 people gathered, and it's, it's beautiful. I mean, it's this country setting on the Manatee River over on the other side of the state, you know, the sun's shining through the oak trees, and there's, there's Christmas lights hung up, and it's just this amazing, amazing setting. And it's like every girl's country kind of dream wedding. And, and there's 
hundreds of people sitting there in white chairs and just waiting for this to happen. And, you know, it's 10 minutes from the wedding. And, and her, her fiancé, whose name is Mark, has not arrived yet. And all of y'all know that when the fiancé hasn't arrived yet, that's a bad sign. And, uh, and so we're thinking, man, he must be running late. And, and so it's five minutes till the wedding, and, and we're, we're, we heard that somebody had saw Mark on Upper Mantee River Road driving down the road. He had rented a, a sports car because that was kind of Shannon's dream is to drive away in a Dodge Viper at, at the end of her wedding. And so he was going to surprise her with this car. And so, uh, so they, you know, five minutes before the wedding, Mark's still not there. And, and, you know, Shannon's upstairs, and she's starting to get nervous because she heard Mark's not there. And we're like, man, he's going to show up. There's no way he's going to ditch this because there's no way. He way outpunted his coverage. He's never going to fight a girl this hot again in his life. And so we know that Joker's going to show up. And, and, and so, uh, you know, five minutes before, two minutes before, Mark's still not there. When it's time to start the wedding, you know, the, the, the music's playing and stuff, we get a phone call. We get a phone call that says, hey, Mark's been in a car accident. He was trying to waste some time before the wedding. And so instead of making the turn to come down to where the wedding was going to happen, he drew, drove further down the road. And, and as he was driving down the road, he was driving at a high rate of speed with his brother in the passenger seat, who was his best man. And uh, as they drove past, a dog ran out in the road. And, it, and in order to not hit the dog, they swerved and lost control and they hit a telephone pole. And they said, Mark is being bay-flighted to a hospital right now. We don't know what's wrong with him. We don't understand what's happening. You know, on the outside, he looks fine, but, man, he's just not doing well. And, 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 and you better come to the hospital right away. You know, this is, this is something you hear about in movies, right? You don't, this isn't real life. This is, this is fictional. No, this is real life. And so J Shannon and her mom and her dad jump in a minivan and just take off for the hospital. And, you know, she threw on some jeans under her wedding dress and just took off and, and so we gathered all the kids up and, and all the siblings, and we grab a minivan and we take off to the hospital. We're about 15 minutes behind them. And when we get to the hospital, I remember walking to the hospital and just seeing people just with their, their face and their hands and tears just coming down their face. We say, Where, Where's Shannon? Where's she at? They say, she's over in that room. And I, I'll never forget this scene in the rest of my life. I walked over, and there was a little glass slit in the door. And what I saw in there, my wife's next sister beating her hands on the wall saying, why me? Why me? Because on that bay flight, Mark, Mark died. And in that moment, one of the most painful moments that I've ever experienced in my life, they were our friends, they were our family. We had a choice, like a choice that many of you are facing today. We had a choice we could continue to try to do life our own way. We could try to figure it out on our own. Or we could tap into God and get some Not saying that it's easy. Not saying that your life is not going to have difficulties. Not saying that the times aren't going to be hard. But this is what I learned in that. That when you're going through difficult times and you tap into God, God always shows up. And this is what I, I discovered. And, 
In Isaiah 43, 1 and 2, it says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you over. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. See, God doesn't say you're not going to go through some difficult times in life. He doesn't say that you're not going to go through some rough situations. You know, a lot of people have painted the Bible as, you know, this, this thing. You, you get Jesus and everything else turns to rainbows and butterflies. But that is not how it's going to be. That's why Jesus said, in this world you're going to have trouble. And some of you guys are facing trouble. But you're getting burned. You're getting drowned. You're getting overwhelmed right now. But with the power of Christ at work within you, when you tap into the power of Christ, you know what? All of a sudden you have courage to take on that situation. You recognize that, that God has called you his. And when God has called you his, there is no weapon that is formed against you that shall ever prosper. There is no situation that you can ever go through that will overwhelm and overtake your life to the point where you cannot go on. And I want to tell you here today that God is here and he's wanting to walk into some of your situations and he's wanting to help you grab hold of God. Because this is what happens when we go and we grab hold of God. You know what happens to us? Courage grabs hold of us. Because when we grab hold of God, man, all of that starts to come and be a part of our lives. That's why 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity. God hasn't given us fear, but he's given us a, a, a power, love, and a sound mind. You want to know why he's given us that? Because those things give us courage. They give us courage in the midst of our difficult situations that God is there and he can do something incredible. And let me tell you what happened. Yes, man, Shannon lost her, her fiancé that day, but she did not lose her faith in God. What she got was in a relationship with God that ended up taking her places that she could have never gone before. In fact, she ended up on national television telling people that no matter what life hurls your way, no matter how difficult it gets, with the power of Christ at work within you, there is nothing that is impossible for you. And I want to tell you today, man, there is hope for your life. And God is here, and he wants to change the course and the direction of your life. And God is here, and he wants to give you courage in the midst of your situation. And God is here, and he wants to help you and I overcome. My story kind of begins when I was 19 years old. Um, I became the person, the, the CEO Christian, Christmas and Easter only. You know, I never thought that having a couple drinks would lead to doing cocaine to eventually lead to crack cocaine. A distinct night that I remember was Christmas Eve Mass and it was more important for me to go and get drugs than it was to attend service. That was the night I turned my back on God. June 23rd, 2004, my daughter was born. I had met my wife, Karen, about a year previous, and she stuck through me, and I, I, I dragged her through the mud. I was arrested, and I, I had to go to drug court and probation. And during the course of that year, I just kept lying to myself that I can do this on my own. I don't need help. I don't need this. Um, I got this, and it was this vicious cycle of relapse after relapse after relapse. That The morning Kaylee was born, it just, like, I broke down and realized that this isn't about me anymore. On the third day in the hospital, I had to, to go check in with probation. I left there, and I was sitting at the light, and I saw the mobile station across the street. And um, I decided I'm going to go have a beer, one beer. 
and then I'm gonna go back to the hospital. I had one beer, and I was two blocks off a cis drunk, smoking crack. And um, I remember I was behind the fire station, and I was going to do what I was gonna do, and I just remember looking up, saying, God, this isn't what you chose for me. This isn't my life. And um, this miracle happened. I didn't know what it was. Everything changed when I begged him for, for my life to change, and I just totally surrendered. My daughter Kaylee is, um, she's my angel. That's, that's how I refer to her. She was a gift from God to make me realize there was so much more to life than the life I was living. Um, I made it back to the hospital that night, which normally when I started, it was three or four days later, a week later that I would reappear. I went to probation the next day, and it was an outer body experience because I ratted myself out to them, saying how I needed help. And then I remember being like, what did you do? You just snitched yourself out. But it was, there was something else there talking. That was not me. Every night in rehab, I would just pray that it, to get through this, that I wasn't another statistic, that I didn't go back. I've been going to Coastal for about two and a half years now. My wife and I found Coastal um, with our kids. We have two little girls. The, the small groups at Coastal, the, the relationships I've had, I, I have true friends. And it was just awesome to, to, to see my family grow and to do things and see my wife realize her, her passions and her callings and to go after those things. And that wasn't there before. You know, God brought me to AA, AA brought me to God, and Coastal gave me a relationship that's just, it's, it's beyond the things that are changing in my life. And I, I never had that before. just about a cross. I mean, the cross is important, man. I'm so thankful for the cross. But what Easter is all about is it's about an empty tomb. It's about the fact that no matter how broken, no matter how beaten, no matter how dead things may seem in your life, God can resurrect them. And I believe that God is here he wants to resurrect some things in your life. It might be a relationship here today. It might be your finances here today that he needs to do a work in. It might be in, in, some, in a marriage situation that you're facing here today. But this is what I know about our God. Our God is not dead. And if he was able to overcome the grave, you know what that means? He can help you overcome your situation too. And for some of you guys... The thing that you need to overcome is yourself. I believe that for a lot of us in here, we've never allowed ourselves to die so that Christ could raise in us. And it's not until we come to this realization that we've screwed it up, 
Because that's really what this is all about. It's not about a bunch of rules. It's not about a bunch of religion. But it's about the, the idea that in and of ourselves, we can't do it. That's what the Ten Commandments are for. That's what the Old Testament is for, is to show us that we're in need of a Savior. But you know what the cross and the grave was for? It was to bring us into relationship with the living God. And I believe that Jesus is here today, and He wants to transform your life. He wants to take those dead things and resurrect them. This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv.